Welcome to Soren Lit, a Southern Renaissance literary journal showcasing women, femme-identifying, and or non-binary writers exploring the lingering South. I am your host and Soren Lit founding editor, Melody J. Rogers. This podcast is an exquisite extension of our literary journal, located at www.sorenlit.com. That's S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T.com. If you wish to make a donation to support our literary movement and help us keep the lights on, please donate to our PayPal. You can find us on PayPal by searching sorenlit4women at gmail.com. That's S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T, the number four, W-O-M-E-N at gmail.com, or just simply click the donate tab on our website and it will take you right to the PayPal site. Okay, let's get into this, shall we? Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Leslie Peterson. Leslie Peterson grew up in a rural middle Georgia and lives there still, working for a local nonprofit and trifling occasionally with poetry and stories. When she's not working or writing, she can be found wrangling a plethora of creatures from cats to quail or coaxing her hazard garden to grow. Let's give a warm welcome to Leslie Peterson. How you doing, Leslie? I'm doing good. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, we're so great to have you. So let's go ahead and get right into this. Tell us about your connections to the South. Um, Well, I was born here. Um, Actually, my family has been here since, from what I know, the 1600s. We haven't um, moved very far from the area. And um, so my family has grown up as... um, farmers and carpenters here in the area for really the past few hundred years and so here I am feeling like I'm I'm pretty deep rooted in a place and um, I, I enjoy visiting other places of course but I can't much ever imagine calling any other location my home. Absolutely you know in previous conversations I've had with individuals um, in various uh, places around the south um, you know we talked about things like food and music and faith and you know and everything um tell me tell me something um what's your favorite food uh in connection with the south i know you're a gardener so i'm sure you i'm sure i'm sure you got some good ones for us i know right i love food so much Um, (laughs) you know i have to say the first thing that comes to mind for me i think is fried okra oh Um, okra anyway really um my, my um, younger self is cringing because I, I really didn't like it when I was a very small child. But <laughs> these days, I'll eat it any sort of way. Oh wow! And you're and, and you're a gardener too, right? Gardener, farmer. Yes, I, I do. I, I try to garden a little bit here and there. Excellent, excellent. Uh, any particular thing you like to grow the best? Probably tomatoes. Um, I you know you dry them, can them. How you can. You know, have them so many, have me ways. So many have ways. Fresh, eat them right off the vine like an apple. Um, so, yeah, those are definitely probably what I grow the most of. I love that. Right. Uh, you, you know what? You just painted a picture. Eating tomatoes right off the vine like an apple. Absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. So when did you know that you wanted to get into the writing space? And what was your first work that uh, you shared with the general public? Um, oh, gosh, that's been... Well, I first started writing poetry, um, well, my mom used to read me poetry when I was a kid. That was one of our, our few 
connections that she and I had is she we had this great big book of children's illustrated poetry and it had poems in it that probably didn't much belong being read to children there were some pretty scary <laughs> stuff in there and so um, I was interested in, in poetry at a pretty early age um, but I didn't start writing any until I was about 13 um, actually was the the day before my 13th Easter it was like all of a sudden I had like five different pages around me and I was writing like five different poems at one time and um, obviously they you know they were like um bunch of teenager dramatics for the most part but <laughs> thankfully it evolved from there um so i started really being encouraged to share things to the public um, when i went back to school so my I, I actually went to school for two years for a business degree um and started a career and then returned to school several years later and um for, for an English degree, and at that point, I just, I mean, I was just really, really blessed with some amazing professors who really built up my confidence levels and re- really encouraged me to uh, get my poetry out there in, in various ways, and I was able to do things like um, host a radio show, and I was able to share my work on that, um, and in an illustrated journal, and we did readings and all sorts of things so definitely didn't have the confidence before college but after college um I'm not embarrassed to share my work uh anywhere thank goodness (laughs) I love that and uh and you're a graduate of Georgia College correct right I'm a graduate of Georgia College wonderful and that's in Milledgeville it is it is um which a tiny little town is mostly based off of, of that school there used to be the capital but um there's there's a lot of uh, small town sort of stuff going on, um, but definitely not a very metro type area. Mm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of um, just amazing stuff going on over there. You guys have a, uh, a lot of book uh, uh, book a lot of writers are drawn to that space and uh, do, do a lot of book and reviews. The famous Flannery O'Connor um, lived here in Milledgeville. That's so right. We've got a lot of history here. Was she an influence on your work? Um. You know, I would like to say yes, but re- I ha- honestly not really because even though I have grown up in the area, I wasn't really introduced to her until college. So um, I-, I would say that she has a slight influence on my work, but maybe not as much as others just because it, it was so late in life that I was introduced to her. Who are you drawn to? What writers uh, do you come back to? Um. A lot of the classics, to be honest with you. Um, I love, um, well, okay, so my, a lot of my poetry influences actually come from various novels. Um, so one of my favorites is Wuthering Heights. I just feel like the whole book is, it's just a, a really, really long book full of poetry. <laughs> Uh, so Wuthering Heights and the Bronte, uh, the whole Bronte family has some really good work. So Excellent. I always, I'm always going back to them over and over again for inspiration. And then um, the obvious of growing up in the South, I feel like um, we have we have kind of a different leg up in literature here than a lot of other places do because it's just you know the Bible Belt, and from the time we're born, we're enmeshed with 
um, biblical tales and biblical stories. And so um, a lot of my inspiration comes from that. Excellent. And I, I agree with that. Um, we just, you know, several themes that, you know, from these podcast interviews that we've been having, um, especially, you know, for this particular issue, our first issue, our summer issue, um, has been, you know, talk, just everybody being honest about um, ancestors and, and, and faith and uh, definitely bringing up, you know, that Bible Belt influence, um, uh, whether it, whether they are for or against it, you know? We, right, we, right. <laughs> well, it's always fun to read, um, read both ways. And you see more people now being comfortable in, in their work with questioning things in the Bible or asking questions that um, mm-hmm. you don't often hear if you were to go into a church. So um, mm-hmm. very, a lot of, you know, pages upon pages of interesting stuff to explore <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we would love for you to uh, read some of your work today. Would that be fine? Sure. Sure. I can go ahead and read something whenever you're ready for me to. Oh yeah. The stage is yours. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so I will read a poem called I too collect bones. I too collect bones. If it doesn't fit, force it into the joint, but I digress. First, you must excavate. Golden relics, Samite, red mud, Hydria, Hercules beetle horns, Shrikery wings, harvestmen fangs and legs that still writhe after death. Sweep it all away and dig up the bones of your mothers. The teeth of a woman who stood before the Mastodon, spear in hand, screaming hoarse triumphs. The humorous of she who stood with sword of iron between intruder and heir, trembling in fear. The obstacles that listened on the edge of the bluff to the wild ocean roar and dove into the roiling foam like a bird of prey and came up for salty air. Despite, 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 and did it all with a laugh for spite. Do not let them rest. Build yourself from their spines and skint their knuckles and let them haunt you. Mm, all right. Yes, that was excellent. Tell me uh, what influenced you to write that poem and yeah, give us some, um, give us some context. That was exquisite. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I think what really got me to thinking on this one was um, I have been doing a lot of research into family history and and the women in my family and the things they did and the things they went through and I got to thinking that you know how how amazing it would be to be able to to speak with them and um, learn from from their mistakes or the mistakes of others that they had to suffer through um, the men in my family have not always been known to be the kindest. And so, you know, I was thinking about how strong these women must be to, to endure that, have families and raise children, and how that all funnels down. You know, when sometimes it's easy with everything going on in such a big world to feel really small and insignificant. But if you think of how many generations of people in the past 
had to humble down to make you and the things they went to for you to survive. So um, that was the major inspiration for this. Um, and I was thinking of how um, the, the South kind of seems to like hang on to things. And I've always said the humidity here is so thick it doesn't let anything go. <laughs> and so um, a lot of times it's like the, the spirit of these people kind of live on through um less often now but through storytelling um oral history of course is a is a big part of the culture of the south and um so i really wanted to try to to capture that importance of trying to keep people alive and and keep the strength of their spirit alive through storytelling and um kind of embodying the strength and um all the things that they went through in the past and not forgetting their struggles. Absolutely. And the bones being foundation, you know? Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. It was beautiful. Such a, a visual, so many, um, so many, so much imagery in that poem. Um, I remember when I first read it, when it, when it was first sent, when you first sent, sent it to us, um, it was extremely, extremely visual. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, constantly we, we, we as artists, writers, you know, we hear, you know, once we put it out there, uh, it's no longer ours, you know? Because- right, right. No, that's very, very true. Uh, very explicitly true for some reason with poetry as Absolutely. to any other type of writing, but it, it's certainly true with poetry. Definitely. Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. And, um, and strong, <laughs> definitely visceral, and what we're looking for. Um, how is was is this your first publication? Um, this is my first in a literary journal. I've had some in um, smaller local projects, I guess you could call them. Um, okay, definitely things that didn't call themselves literary journals. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Where can our readers find you on social media? Um, so the best place to find me is on Instagram. Um, I have a public profile on there that usually is pretty easy to find. Um, my username is simply the Leslie Peterson and um, should pop right up. You'll see um, me sharing some poetry on there, lots of photos of cats, of course. <laughs> um, and a, a few uh, random photos of gardens and, and other various projects that I get myself into. But um, I do share quite a bit of poetry on there. I go through bouts where I share more than others. I might have like a month where I'm constantly sharing stuff and then a month where I'm um, not sharing so much, but um, you'll find a lot of my work on there. Oh, we, well, we can't wait. And uh, you keep us posted on things um, that come up in the future as far as like, you know, upcoming publications. We would we would definitely want to hear about it. And um, and we don't say goodbye here. You know, we when we close our interviews, we like to say see you soon because, you know, we you know, writers write. That's what we do. And uh, <laughs> so uh, when you have something uh, come out on a different platform, please let us know because we would love to um, celebrate it here at Soar and Lit, okay? Will do. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. And um, thank you so much for your generous poetic offering today. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk thank to you, you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.